Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 211 and session number 62 of Ask Scott. This is where I answer your questions here on the podcast. And you guys all know I love this part of the week because, well, I get to listen to your questions in your own voice. And uh, yeah, we get to hang out together for a little while. I just did a Periscope the other day, and I got to be honest, I really am loving them because it's kind of an extension of the Ask Scott sessions where I get to hear or see your questions in real time. I get to interact with you. We literally had over 430 people on live, um, which was amazing. Um, I was actually sitting in the car with my father, Papa V, who's uh, actually in the house uh, right now still. We're going to be heading to Miami here. Um, this is going to air after the fact, but right now we're getting ready to leave for Miami. I'm doing uh, a presentation there at Steve Chu's event, which is uh, the Seller's Summit, which is going to be amazing, and I'll have a little recap on an upcoming episode, but just wanted to, again, say that I love, love the TAS Facebook community, the Facebook uh, people that are in there really helping each other out. I mean, you guys are awesome, and I want you to keep doing it, all right, and uh, when you do that, you're, you're not just helping one, you're helping many, because there's a lot of people in there that are reading, even though they might not be contributing, and if that's you, I want you to start contributing as well, all right, but the Facebook community is awesome, if you guys are not involved, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash F as in Frank, B as in boy, and you can find uh, that link there, and uh, you, can, you can request to join, all right, now, the other thing I wanted to remind you that depending on when you're listening to this, all right, we just did an event, and we called it the TAS Breakthrough Live event, and it was in Denver. It was amazing. We had an awesome time. We had 30 Amazon sellers there. We had 10 hot seats. It was just an amazing time. I actually recorded the entire thing, and it's not going to be for sale or anything like that, but what I am going to be doing is putting in a couple of highlights here and there, so look for them, but what I want you to do is if you're interested in seeing any of that stuff, Head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash live and you can see if there's a if there's already a video there, I'll already have it up. If not, you'll just see a registration page there where you can sign up to be notified if we do another live event. Um, but I will have some footage on that page. I also did a Periscope, which I might put on that page, which was of one of the hot seat sessions, which was awesome. So again, just wanted to share a little bit of that with you. I know a lot of you wanted to attend and couldn't um, for whatever reason, but uh, yeah, we had an amazing time. And again, that's why these Ascot sessions are so awesome for me personally is because I get to hear your voice and that's how it was just even better because we were in a live setting. And uh, yeah, so I'm going to stop rambling here. One last thing that I want to remind you guys though is if you want to download the transcripts of this episode or any past episode, at least the past, I think 25 or 30 now, we have transcripts for you. So you can read them on the blog or you can download them. Just head over to this episode. In this case would be theamazingseller.com forward slash 211 and you'll find all the show notes and the transcripts and any links that we talk about will be there as well. All right, guys, I'm going to stop rambling now. You guys can tell I'm a little excited here. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and listen to the first question of this session of Ask Scott, and we're going to go ahead and listen, and then I'm going to go ahead and give you my answer. So let's go ahead and do that. What do you say? Hi, Scott. You've probably been told this like a million times, but your podcasts are, are simply amazing. Um, I'm Hassan and I've been selling on Amazon for for about three months now and so far so good except one thing 
almost 70% of my revenue is going on PPC and my ACOS is over 100%. I've tried so many different techniques over the past month or, month or so but have yet to find one that's profitable. My question is, is there a generic formula that other sellers have used which has worked? Or is there like a, a trusted software or, or a service that someone's providing which helps sellers in my situation? Yeah, so thanks and keep drinking that coffee. Well, hey there, thank you so much for the question and I would have called you by name, but I didn't see your name on the email and I didn't hear you say your name. So again, I apologize for not calling you out by name. I wish I could, I wish I could give you a shout out, shake your hand, but I can't. So I wanted to answer this question, but I do wanna remind you guys, if you ask a question, uh, you should leave your name so I can give you uh, a shout out, okay? That would be amazing. And again, if you guys wanna ask a question, I should have said this already, Head over to TheAmazingSeller.com forward slash ask and you can do that. You can record a voicemail, uh, say your first name, please, and then from there I can go ahead and give you a shout out and directly speak with you, all right? So this question is a good one and I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a story of what I just recently did and I think this could help you. The one thing you have to understand is you can spend money on pay-per-click like every day, um, all day long, right? But if it's not profitable after you know a certain amount of time, you need to start trimming back the keywords that are bringing everything down because there's probably going to be keywords that are converting really well and there's, and there's keywords that aren't converting or converting very poorly. You need to look at the data and then start pulling out the ones that are successful and taking the ones that aren't and either pausing them or lowering the bid on those. So recently, just to kind of walk you guys through what I recently did uh, is, is part of my new launch process for this one product. And I don't say it's really new. It wasn't too much different, but it was a little bit different. What I did just as an experiment is I went ahead and I started up three campaigns. Okay. Normally I do the auto campaign, but this time instead of doing auto, what I did is I did a suggested keyword campaign. Okay. I let Amazon look at my listing and then suggest what I should be targeting. Okay. So I did that. And then I also took two of my competitors and I ran a uh, reverse search using Keyword Inspector. Uh, if you guys want any of these resources, any of these tools that I use, you can head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash resources or just go to the show notes page and you'll find them. All right, because I get a lot of people say, well, Scott, that was great, but where, where do you do it and how do you do it and all that stuff. All that stuff is there. So what I did was I just found, I believe it came back with like close to a thousand keywords for these two listings. I broke them down into two campaigns, so 500 per campaign, all right? And then what I did is I put a dollar cost per click on each one of those, okay? Now, I let that go for seven to 10 days, okay? And then I looked at the converted keywords. I looked at all the keywords that got clicks but no sales, and here's what I did. I took all of the keywords. There was about probably 20 keywords out of all of those that converted to a sale. Okay, in the first seven days, I took those out of those campaigns. I started a brand new campaign calling it converted, right? Converted. I mean, it makes sense, right? They're converted keywords. It lets me know that that is the campaign that has converted keywords. These have converted at least once. All right. Then I took that same bit of a dollar and I put them there. Now, every keyword that I pulled out of there, I paused. I could have ran a negative keyword against that, but I just paused them. And then I lowered the bid for the entire campaign to 50 cents per keyword on the ones that have either gotten high clicks and no sales or no impressions or whatever, right? I just, 
I lower the bid. That way I can't really get hurt and I can still get some of that low hanging fruit, right? But I immediately went after the, the keywords that got uh, sales, okay? Now I'm taking that same daily budget and I'm running that against just those 20 keywords versus running it against a thousand keywords, all right? That seems to be working pretty good in this experiment, okay? Now, for me, looking at your situation, I would say do something similar. I would go and look at the data. You have to have some keywords that have converted, right? So I would take those keywords. I would pull them out of the campaigns. I'd take all of the keywords that were getting clicks but weren't getting sales. That's bringing your ACOS up higher, right? It's making it worse. So you want to be able to see these numbers. And I also think that a lot of people will start and they'll just throw a bunch of stuff out there and that's fine, but then you have to start tweaking and you have to start seeing what's converting, what's not converting. If it's not converting, well, now we might have a conversion problem. Do you have enough reviews? Uh, if you don't have enough reviews, maybe that's the problem. Maybe your pictures are horrible. Maybe your uh, listing needs to be optimized. Maybe your bullet points aren't talking about the benefits as much. There's a whole bunch of different things we can do to get better conversions and a lot of times it's either the picture uh, or it could be the, uh, the the reviews, then the number of reviews that you have against. Um, and I've also seen your con uh, people's conversions drop if they get a negative review and that negative review gets voted up to the top. That's going to affect your conversion. So there's a lot of different things that we can say here, but I wouldn't necessarily say that your pay-per-click isn't working. It's just that we need to be able to go in there and tweak and refine, and everyone listening should be doing that exact same thing. All right, so hopefully that's answered your question. I know we always get pay-per-click discussions. We were at our event in, in uh, Denver, and we had a whole 30, 40 minute discussion. Could have went for the entire day. Um, we had to almost put a timeout in there because there's always so much, uh, you know, discussion around this because there is so much that we can do and you can lose a lot of money, but you can also make a lot of money and you can also help yourself get ranked. And I think the big thing to take away here is if you're doing this as part of your launch process, you have to understand that you're also allowing yourself to start ranking for other keywords. And then from there, that's going to bring up your organic search. And now your organic search is, is a, a byproduct of the pay-per-click that you did. So hopefully that makes sense. Hopefully I'm not uh, speaking too fast here about this because I do get excited. But hopefully you guys uh, got that little launch pay-per-click strategy that I just kind of revealed there. And again, I'm experimenting and I think you guys should experiment too. But just look at your numbers. The numbers are not going to lie. And uh, and then ask yourself, is my listing optimized? Do I have the reviews that I need to compete with my competition? Like all of those different things, right? So, all right, let's go ahead and listen to another question and I'll give you my answer. Hi, Scott. My name is Alina. Um, thank you so much for everything you do, for your amazing podcasts, for daily emails and uh, webinars, which I find very useful. Um, I downloaded your podcasts on my uh, iPad and I listen to it every day. I go to work and then from work. So thank you so much. Uh, it's amazing. It's an amazing community uh, which you created, and it's really lovely to be surrounded by people you know who do business and try to succeed. Uh, my question is: um, I'm since I'm an international seller, I'm based in Europe, and um, I'm I'm about to launch my first product, and I want to uh, send uh, specifically from China to uh, Amazon uh, warehouse. And I have uh, difficulties to choose the location uh, because, you know, there are so many. And there is a UK, US, and Canada. And I guess if you send it to the US, it's going to be mostly, um, you know, uh, 
popular among uh, U.S. Um, U.S. citizens and people who lived uh, who live in U.S. at that moment. Um, what is the best? Where is the best place for me to sell? Uh, since I'm an international seller, and do I have to pay um, a year yearly taxes based on the region? I read uh, online that if you send, for example, to California location, you have to pay a specific amount of money uh, through the year. Um, so yes, if you could give me uh, an advice uh, about um, legal rights and all the documentation, I know that you're not a, an attorney. That's, uh, but um, I don't know whether I have to pay like taxes back here. How does it uh, How does it go? Since I'm I'm an international seller, um, do I have to pay it to the U.S. Um, or to Europe or to where I'm, I'm not sure. And I don't really know who to contact uh, about it. So thank you so much and have a great day. Hey, Alina, thank you so much for the question and also the kind words. I really appreciate it. And I'm so glad that you're getting value from the podcast. Uh, you know, you have a great question or even just a great, uh, I guess, uh, questions, I should say, because there's a, there's a few different things that you mentioned there that we should probably address. First off, it sounds like you're trying to figure all of those different components out before you launch. And I get it, right? We want to kind of know all of the different things before we actually get started. The one thing I would say, and the one question you were asking was like, what's the best marketplace that I should launch my product? And, you know, I would say, you know, just from, you know, knowing the different marketplaces, like, you know, .com, you know, Amazon.com is going to be the most traffic currently right now. Uh, but that doesn't mean that your product wouldn't sell really well in Germany, right? I mean, there's nothing saying that that won't happen. Now, for me personally, I would pick one marketplace and try to go into that marketplace or, you know, that Amazon, you know, country that you're going to be selling on. Um, I just literally did an interview with a gentleman who sells um, in Japan, okay? And, you know, he's telling me that, you know, it's a great marketplace, especially because there's not a lot of competition. There's a, not a lot of reviews happening there because there's uh, not a lot of review clubs that are even uh, allowing or doing it in Japan. So it evens the, the playing field there. So there's a lot of advantages to going in those marketplaces, but there's also less traffic, right? So your sales numbers generally will be lower, but let's say that in the US they're selling 50 units a day, maybe you're only selling 10, you know, in, you know, the international market, maybe Germany or maybe the UK or maybe Japan, wherever it is, right? You need to make that decision. I would say if you're starting, I would not try to launch across all the platforms at once. I think you're going to overwhelm yourself and I think you're going to get confused. Um, I would. Um, so I would pick one and then go with that one. The other thing is you were talking about is like sales tax and stuff. And you're right. In the States, there are a lot of different things with sales tax, right? And there's a lot of things that, I mean, I don't even talk about much because it's so gray. There's so many people saying one thing, so many people saying the other. So I always refer people over to taxjar.com. That is the software that I use to help automate that process. But I'll just be honest, it's a pain in the butt right? But it's an obstacle that some people either aren't going to deal with, so they're just going to do it illegally, or they're going to say, well, I'll do it later, or they're going to say, I'm going to get everything set up, and then they're going to start getting it set up. They're going to see that it's a pain, and they're going to stop, and they're never going to launch a product. So, 
you really have to decide what is right for you. I would get educated on it. I would go to taxjar.com and I would check them out and I would listen um, and read and, and see what they have to say. You can reach out to their support. Um, but you're right. When you ship in inventory to different locations, technically, I'm doing the air quotes, technically, you have uh, a business, uh, you know, a, a warehouse in that area because that's what Amazon is uh, is uh, you know that's that's where they have their their warehouse. So because of that, you're selling physical products. If they ship something out of that warehouse, you technically have a business that resides there. It's what they call Nexus. So you you know you technically do. Now here's the deal: you can say, well, I only ship to two different warehouses. You know, and that's great. But guess what? Behind the scenes, Amazon could take that inventory without even telling you and then distribute it amongst four other warehouses that you don't even know about. So again, I don't want to give legal advice here because I'm in no way, shape or form a legal advisor in this. Uh, So I wouldn't even want to give legal advice. All I would say is do your homework, do your research. And uh, the, the, the first place that I would go is taxjar.com. That's where I would go. But again, going back to what marketplace to go into, that is your decision. And I would do your homework there a little bit too. See what you feel more, most comfortable with. I know some people that they're in uh, the UK and they're going to, you're going to start there because it's, it's the least amount of resistance for them. Right. So I always try to go down the path of least resistance, whatever is going to allow you to get to market the fastest. Um, that's usually the route that I go. Okay. You can kind of tell by the way I talk, right? I like to get there fast. So let's get there fast. Then let's start to figure things out. Um, and again, it just depends on where you are in the process. All right. So hopefully that's helped you and, uh, good luck to you. Keep me posted on that. And, uh, again, I will say this to anyone listening and you as well. Don't overcomplicate the process. Learn what you need to learn now and move forward. And that's something that I refer to a lot. Pat Flynn had taught me this a while ago that he learned from someone else. And that was just in time learning. Whatever you're doing right this second, learn that one thing, move to the next thing. All right, so let's go ahead and listen to another question, and I'll give you my answer. Hey, what's up, Scott? Thank you, man, for the work that you, for the hard work that you're putting in. I really appreciate it. I'm benefiting a lot, and you're making a difference, man, in people's lives. I just have this question right now, and um, I did find uh, a market that I have a lot of experience in. However, the margins on on the products are very, very low. I would say about three to five dollars. If I do bundle it, I can make let's say eight dollars. However, it is selling at a at a high high quantity. So if I do send in a lot of inventory, I could I could make enough money. The thing is, is there a limit on how much you could send to the warehouse, or should I really uh, should I keep looking for another market where I can make at least ten dollars and deal with? Uh, so will it be easier for me to go in that market, or just like I said, or should I find another product? I would really appreciate it if you answer this question. Thank you, man. Hey, man, thanks so much for the question. And again, I didn't get your first name, guys. If you're going to leave a question, please just leave your first name. I want to be able to. Uh, want to be able to say hello, right? So uh, in this case, I'm just going to have to say, hey, man, thanks for the question, right? So anyway, let's let's kind of get into this, though. I, I like this question uh, because, you know, a lot of people are going after, they have to make, you know, 
let's say $15 a unit or or even $10 a unit. You guys have heard me say, you know, I like to shoot for $10 profit. Does that mean that I wouldn't go into a product that had volume that could make five or $6 per unit and it wasn't like an oversized product? Like, would I do that? Of course I would. I mean, who wouldn't do that? I mean, that's just me. Uh, so I don't necessarily look at that as being a negative. Here's the other thing that I would consider. You just said if you can bundle it, you can maybe get that profit margin up. Well, there's your answer. Bundle it as well. So now you've got single products, variations, let's call them, and then you've got some bundles that can go along with that. Then the other thing that I would think of is I would think, okay, is there another product in this product line that I could create that could sell for more? This could be a lead-in offer to that, or that could be a variation that's a lead-in to your other variations in that listing that could sell for more. So a lot of people don't look at the big picture. They don't look at like the, uh, I guess the customer path that they could go down or the other items that could be sold to the customer. They just look at that front end sale, a lower priced item. I say a lower price. If you can find something that you're putting five to $7 in your pocket after every sale and there's volume there. Like if you're, if we're talking about the same, uh, scenario and you're only selling two a day, probably wouldn't go for that. If I knew that I could sell 10, 15, or 20 a day, I'd look into that. And then especially if I could do multiple variations off of that or bundles off of that and then lead people into another product that sells for $30, $40, that would interest me, right? So it's, again, I'm looking, I'm projecting a little bit further out than just that just that one little space. Now, if this is also a product that looked like it was trendy, I'd probably stay away from that as well because I wouldn't want to do all that work for just one season, right, or one part of the trend. I'd want something that was more consistent over time, uh, and especially if it had volume, then I would really want to look into that. So again, I wouldn't rule that out. I would have to look at the entire picture and see what other pieces, what other parts of this, uh, you know, of this product line that we could add more value to that, that we can get that, that ticket price up, whether it's bundling, whether it's another product down the line, or if it's just the front end offer being able to make five to $7 per, per sale and you can sell 20 a day, right? Your numbers still come out to where you're, you're able to make 50 or a hundred or $200 per day on something that does get volume. So, me, personally, sounds great, but again, without seeing everything, I wouldn't really really be able to say for sure. Sure, but if, if, that's the big, the big uh, thing here, right? If the numbers worked out to where they were, five to seven dollars, and you had uh, volume, and you had something that wasn't a trend, and you could then bundle it, and, I have a lot of ands here, and if you could then possibly add another product to your line that could be a more expensive product, then by all means, it sounds like a great opportunity. So hopefully that's answered your question. Um, guys, I've got one more question that I want to answer, and I also wanted to give a shout out to one of our Facebook peeps out there, our TASers. Uh, there's a, a question, and actually it wasn't just a question. It was, uh, it was more or less like, here's what's happening right now. So I want to give a little congratulations, but also I want to kind of answer that question that he was asking to the Facebook community. So I can jump in here and kind of give my two cents on this as well. So let me go ahead and read this and I'll give you a little visual of the picture that I'm looking at right now. All right. So here's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at a screenshot that says $639 and 84 cents in product sales. And that was for Tuesday and Wednesday. So, uh, Neil Goldsmith. So Neil, if you're listening, congratulations. And here is what Neil said. I pushed my first product live last night and have gotten a great response from family and friends sold about 16 units so far. Super stoked. 
My question is, how long does it take Amazon to improve your rankings after getting an initial surge of sales? It's been about 20 hours, and I'm still buried on page eight for my main keyword. Here's the deal. Uh, first off, I just want to say congratulations. But as far as ranking goes, it can take a few days. It could take a week, all right? Now, here's the other thing I should mention. If you're using any type of like super URL or keyword loaded URL, whatever you want to call it, um, you know, that does take time if it's even still working, okay? Some are saying that they're seeing that it's not working anymore. Some are saying that it's not worth it to do it. Um, I've got mixed feelings on that. I recently did one, uh, a product launch without using it. And uh, and all I did was use some pay-per-click. Uh, and then now I'm already starting to rank on page one for like 10 or 12 different keywords. Some of them are really good and some of them are just okay, but I'm still ranking, okay, because I'm running pay-per-click. So my question here would be um, to you, Neil, is, uh, you know, if you're not running pay-per-click right now, you should be, um, because what that'll do is it'll start pushing keywords, uh, you know, or sales through keywords that then you can start ranking for these keywords. The other thing is, is, you know, in order to really understand how long it takes to rank, it's going to be, I think, a by keyword by keyword basis, right? You, it, it takes t- different time for different keywords, depending on how comp, uh, competitive they are. All right. So, I would give it some time and understand that it's a process. It's part of the launch process. But I would say as soon as you can, I would start pay-per-click. And I mentioned it a little bit earlier, kind of like that uh, you know, that, that new little launch strategy that I just uh, used that's working really well. If you didn't listen to that part of this, go back and listen to that part where I set up those three campaigns and, uh, and then just start weeding out the good, key, the good keywords and then the bad keywords and then start refining. Um, but again, just to answer your question, and anyone wondering how long does it generally take to rank for keywords, depending on how you did it, you know, if you ran like a super URL or a keyword loaded URL, you know, it's, if it's still working, it could take a few days. Uh, and again, it depends on how many, how many sales you got through that. Uh, but I think the other way that we should be talking about is doing it using pay-per-click. And when you do it that way, it could take, depending on how many sales you get and how many you get through that keyword, it could take weeks, you know, before you actually see that. So it's going to vary. Um, and I know a lot of people don't want to hear that, but it, it's true, but you got to be patient, right? You got to be patient. It will take some time. And the thing is, here's the other thing to consider. If you, let's say, for example, you're on, or you want to get on page one and everyone on page one has a hundred reviews. Let's just say that. Let's just use that as an example. And let's say you have zero reviews. Well, if you get on page one with zero reviews, guess what? you're probably not going to convert that well, and that could hurt your listing too. So what I would recommend is before you really try to get behind it and push yourself to page one, make sure you have a good base set of reviews um, if your competition does. And this way here, when you get to page one, you're not there with no reviews and you're gonna, your conversions are going to be lower because that will hurt your ranking as well. So just a little side note there for you. So anyway, Neil, congratulations on going live, uh, and thanks for sharing that in the uh, TAS Facebook community. A lot of people went in there, commented, and uh, gave some some feedback and also said congratulations. So awesome, awesome job. All right, guys. So uh, yeah, this has been a great episode. I always get fired up to do these, but this one here was really good. We we dug into a lot of different topics. Uh, pay-per-click always seems to come up. But again, if you guys want to ask me a question, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask, and you can do that. And I'll say it again leave your first name. I would love to be able to say, hey, how you doing, Joe? Or thanks for the question, Joe, or whatever, or Mary, or whatever, right? 
Uh, it just makes it a little bit more personal and it allows me to say hello. So definitely do that. The other thing I want to remind you guys, if you're brand new to the podcast, if you guys are brand new and you have not attended one of our live workshops where I walk you through the five phases for launching your first product, you're going to want to head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop, and that's where I will show you in about 60 to 70 minutes, I will teach you exactly those five phases to doing just that, okay, launching a product uh, on Amazon, and then I'll also do live Q&A on there as well. You can register for an upcoming one by visiting theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop. And lastly, if you want to check out today's show notes, head over to this episode, and that episode is theamazingseller.com forward slash 211. You'll find all the show notes, the transcripts, any links that we talked about will be there as well. And one small favor that I would like to ask of you, uh, all of you listeners out there, is if you could do me a a quick favor, just share the podcast with someone that you think would benefit from what we discuss here on the podcast. Only people, only people that you think would uh, would want to hang out with us, right? Because that's really what I want this to be. I want this to be a community of people that we would want to hang out on a Saturday afternoon around a barbecue, right? doing this little Ask Scott session. This could be a session where we just kind of talk to each other and, and kind of give each other ideas. That's what I want to create here. So only people that you think that would gel with us, all right? So you can have them just follow the podcast or maybe check out an episode or maybe invite them to the Facebook group, whatever, right? Periscope, all of that stuff, that would be awesome. So guys, that's it. That's going to wrap it up. Remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I'm rooting for you, but you have to, you have to. Come on, say it with me, say it loud and say it proud. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day and I'll see you right back here on the next episode. 